You know how we all get a bit reflective this time of year, right? I know I, I get reflective. It's a natural moment to, to look back on the past year and to think, oh, what a year it's been. Oh my, what a year. Why don't you say, what a year? Some of you might say like, wow, what a year. And some of you might be like, oh, what a year. What a year it has been. I think back, and uh, a lot of changes happen over one year. One year ago, January 2022, I could never have dreamt what was in store for this past year. You just can't do it. You never, all these things happen in your life you don't expect or can't explain. A year ago, I had no idea I was going to have a very exciting new hobby. You all know this hobby. Most of you do. I whittle little guys now. I'm a whittler. I'm a woodcarver. What? A year ago, I would have laughed at that. Like, huh? That makes no sense. By the way, Ethan Van Langen's learning how to whittle, too. Talk to him about it. It's awesome. A year ago, I had no idea our church would be navigating through denomination upheaval. And what was our place within that? I had no idea. A year ago, there were... I had no idea that there were new friendships in the year to be had. That I was going to meet new people and, and be blessed by, by this freshness within my life. And I had no idea that some of the friendships, even long-lasting friendships, had kind of faded away into a more distant category. I didn't know that was going to happen. Time marches on, and it, it does a number on all of us. It does a number on the body, too, doesn't it? I mean, I've lost a few more, for, for a few more strands of hair along the way, and the ones that remain are turning a little more silver, uh, and I gained some weight this year. <laughs> but I, you're like, big deal, we all do. No, you don't get it. This is probably the first time since high school I've gained weight, so you should be deeply concerned for me, because <laughs> I don't know what to do with this, and maybe I have to change some habits, and that's scary. I even had some minor health issues. Praise God, they were minor. But now I'm on some medications I wasn't on a year ago. Any of you there joining the, the potpourri of medications, right, that, that added to your list of this year? Yeah. You all have had the same experience. You can look back and be like, oh, yeah, I didn't expect that, this, that, 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 this. And we together as a church, we've gone through another year together. We navigated and we left one denomination for another. That's no small thing. A lot of prayer went into that. A lot of discussion. A lot of everything went into that. As a church, we have said goodbye to some beloved old friends. Some of those, they've passed away. And we've celebrated God's faithfulness in their life, even as we mourn their earthly loss. And we're still feeling that here today. Other friends we've said goodbye to because they've chosen to worship elsewhere. And so... They've gone on, and we're still friends with them, but it's just different. And then we, as a church, have welcomed and embraced many new folks within our midst as well. And we are blessed by them. And, and even, I mentioned the fabric of our worshiping body, it changes with each new person that comes, and it's beautiful. It's this beautiful tapestry that God continues to weave. And speaking of that shared tapestry, that tapestry goes back all the way 75 years because we celebrated 75 years of beautiful ministry as a church. And as we celebrated those 75 years we, and, and reflected on God's ongoing faithfulness, we recommitted to say, yeah, God, what is next in this place? 
for us. We seek your will and your way. And what do you know? We got a taste of the impossible being made possible when we approved a plan to replace our parking lot. They're like, well, we'll believe it when we see it. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. And then we put a missional exclamation point on it and say, we're also going to put in a beautiful, amazing playground. For all of us, personally and as a church, one year of life brings so much with it. So much. But through it all, God has been faithful. God has been good. God has been at work. God still reigns over and above it all. He is still worthy of worship. He is the same now as he was when he created the universe and everything in it. And he's the same now as he will be when Jesus comes back and makes all things right finally forever. God remains constant in another year of the unexpected. And because of that, because we know the year ahead is going to be unexpected, we can rejoice that our God remains constant. And we will cling to him as the one constant in life, the one who gives us life, the one who holds our life, because today we have another opportunity to fix our hearts and our minds on him, who has never once wavered from fixing his heart and mind on us. Hear the word of the Lord from Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. If you believe in Christ, you have been raised with him. You are a new creation. The old is gone. Your sinful self has died, and he has redeemed you when he raised you. When, since you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Oh, and not just your heart. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Thanks be to God for the reading of his true word. Here we are. Brand new year. We're like hours in, man. This is as fresh as fresh gets, right? A natural time to look ahead. But to know where we're going, we need to know where we've been. So we are first going to look back together and reflect on God's goodness over this past year. And we're going to reclaim what this passage is telling us. We're going to set our hearts and our minds again on Christ because we have been raised with Christ. Heart and mind, our full self, our fullest self, our, our heart, what we desire, right? What, what flows and pumps through our entire being, our heart, what we feel, what keeps us going, which keeps us moving, but also our mind, what we think about how we process everything, what forms and dictates how we view everything. Together, our heart and our mind, we are going to seek to again be fully hidden in Christ. Fully hidden. Uh, uh, Crosby and Daisy. Crosby, four years old. Daisy, two and a half years old. Make sure you mention the half. She'll be mad at you 
if you don't say it. Now, Miles, you're seven. He's very good at hiding, hide and seek in our house. He knows all the good spots and he knows where to go. Crosby's figuring it out. Daisy is just helpless. <laughs> she doesn't know how to hide. When you finish coming to 10, she runs out because she's so excited. Okay? We want our hearts and minds hidden like miles in that closet that is locked underneath the pile of clothes that you'll never see and you start to get worried. Right? We want our hearts and our minds so hidden like that, not like Daisy, where we're like, yeah, my heart is aligned with Christ. My mind's aligned with Christ. And then the first thing in the world that comes by and is shiny, see ya, like Daisy. That's not what we want. So that's what we're seeking to do today. So in just a, a little bit here, we're going to be sharing in our God sightings. This is something we do periodically where we share from all of y'all how you've seen God at work in your life this past year. We're going to set our hearts on God by sharing in those praises of God, how we've seen or experienced in this past year. And we'll set our minds on God at the same time as we reflect on what God has taught us this year and what we've learned about God this year. So there's two prompts. And when it's time to share, you can answer either one of these or both of these. And you don't have to share for those of you who haven't experienced this. It's voluntary, but we love it when you feel something on your heart that you, that you raise your hand to share. And the two prompts is this year, I praise God for, or this year, God taught me. You can share one or both of those. To help jog our mind a little bit, to help ground us a little bit, we thought it would be appropriate for us to do a quick uh, year in review of the different message series that we've gone on together here at Hope. Now, some of you might be like, I wasn't here. Well, this will give you a taste of some of the things we kind of dive into together. Uh, and for those of you that have been here, you might be surprised by what you remember. You might be surprised by what you forgot. And either way, for all of us, we know this is just a glimpse of what God's taught us. He teaches us a lot more than just on Sunday morning. So perhaps as we ground ourselves in time throughout the past year, other things that happened around that time will come to the surface as the Spirit does its work in you. Are you guys ready? You want, you want to time travel back one year ago? Imagine me a little slimmer and a little more haired, right? Okay. January and February, we began our year by kicking off our Unsung Heroes series. You may remember that we started the year looking at these lesser-known heroes of the Bible and, and, and what they tell us about how God works and who God is. You might remember these individuals such as Abed-Melech, he was the servant. He was a eunuch who trusted in the Lord. He was very bold and courageous in the face of evil. And, and he remembered his God, and his God remembered him. He remembered his act of faith. Because what we learn is that God never forgets his children. You might remember the zeal of Josiah. And we took a, a handbook out of the town of Zealand because we want to feel the zeal. That's their 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 cheesy slogan. Uh, but we want to feel the zeal because we want to have zeal for the Lord like Josiah. We looked at Thomas. He was one that needed to see it to believe it. We looked at Thomas because he's not so unsung. He's just not often looked at as, as a hero. But what did Thomas teach us? That he wasn't derailed by doubt. He allowed his doubt to propel him towards a deeper faith. What a beauty. What a beauty. And then we looked at the unnamed servant. And if you're like, I can't remember that, go back onto our website, onto our podcast, and go listen again. We have all our messages on there. Go find them. 
the unnamed servant, Eliezer and Micaiah, the widow of Zarephath and the Colossians 4.10. But only nine of those were heroes. One of them wasn't. To figure out what one, go back, read it again and find out. What we came to find together through Unsung Hears is that God works through all people in truly incredible ways. Most of us in our lives will likely be considered unsung. At least in this world. But does that matter? No, because God sees, God knows, and God honors the work of the faithful. And that's what he calls us to. In fact, the key verse of that whole series is 1 Corinthians 7, 17. It says this, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has, what's that word? Called them. You have a calling. Each and every one of you have a calling, whether you're Miles or whoever the oldest person here is, right, or the youngest, you all have a calling, a God-appointed work to accomplish, and God will work in and through you if you are open and willing, and even sometimes when you're not. After that, unsung heroes being reminded of how God works and that he calls all of us, that's when we shifted our focus to navigate that denominational kind of landscape that we were in. And so we did some really hard, in-depth work about that ultimately led to us leaving the RCA and joining the Kingdom Network. And during that time, we felt it critical to focus on some of the, the core essential elements of who we are as followers of Jesus. You'll remember we started it off by a deep dive into biblical authority. Is the Bible true? What is it true about? Is it inspired or is it just a nice story? No, it is true and what it intends to teach us, it is our only rule of life and faith. And it is sufficient to guide us for all areas of life. We did, we, we, I let Pastor Curry preach on sin, the destructiveness and pervasiveness of sin and how it corrupts absolutely everything. The next week, I, uh, I, I, I marched in as the hero to talk about grace. And how God's grace is so great that it overcomes all. And then we wrapped it up with community. How do we continue together in the ministry, even with differences of opinion, even when the world out there is crazy, even when people think Christians are crazy? How do we unite around what matters and stay focused on God and his mission? That is our main takeaway. The Bible was true, is true and sufficient to inform all of life and faith. Sin is real and destructive, but God's grace is greater. And together as a community of sinners saved by grace, we will contend for the things that make for unity, purity, and peace. We said, let's talk about it. We talked about it. And then we turned towards the cross and the empty tomb, in our Easter series, Through the Darkness. We looked at three cosmic events of the darkest day in history, when darkness came over the land at midday, when the earth trembled in an unprecedented earthquake, and when that thick veil that separated the Holy of Holies and the temple from the common man was torn saying that God has come. He has broken through. And we didn't rest in that darkness because though it was the darkest day in history and the shadow of the cross is the empty tomb, which is the greatest day in history, 
the greatest day in history. They, they go together in what God did. He brought us through the darkness. For all of us resided in the darkness of our own sin. And Jesus alone took us through that darkness to bring us out into new life, into the light. He is the light of the world. He did come at Christmas. He still shone brightly on Easter, and he still shines today. The darkness will never, ever overcome him. So we celebrate that we have gone through the darkness. Then Pastor Curry did a series while I was away on our three-week sabbatical, uh, Questions About God. And the, the, you see, the, is God out to lunch, and will he, when will he come? And what we looked at during that time was, how is God still involved in our lives? Is he out to lunch? No, he's not. There's the answer. Uh, listen to his message because it's a lot more thorough and better than just, no, he's not. And then how will God be involved in our future? And how do we respond? June, about halfway, about halfway there, you'll remember worship full, where we were longing to worship God to the fullest and to live a life that is full of worship. We do believe that we were created for worship and we are at our best when we do what we were created for. A hammer's at its best as a hammer, not as a screwdriver, right? We are at our best when we are worshiping the one who created us. So we started with looking at the what and the why of worship. Because we, we said that worship, we all worship uh, someone or something. Are we worshiping the right one in the right way? That's how we begun our series. And then we talked about the secret sauce of worship. Anyone remember the secret sauce? This is a dangerous question for a pastor to ask, because that's like way back in June. Anyone remember the secret sauce of worship? I can tell like so many of you know it, you just don't want to say it, right? Yeah. S. I surrender. 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 Surrender is the secret sauce of worship. Because it's not about us. It's all about him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. This life isn't about us. We are not the heroes of this journey. It's all, all, all about him. So we will surrender and surrender and surrender. And as we get low, he's raised higher. And that's how we worship. Because secret sauce of worship is surrender. You cannot hold on to something and worship it while you are called to give it away. And then we talked about living a life of worship through, as Jesus instructed us, to worship true worshipers, worship in spirit and in truth. So we talked about what it means to worship in spirit and in truth, and we talked about that whole head and the heart thing that we're even reflecting on again here today, because it's not just something we do. Worship isn't just this nice little mix-in at, at the, uh, at the uh, what do you call that, frozen yogurt stand of life, right? Worship's not a little mix-in. It is our life. It is how we are called to live. It is the way of our life. It is not an add-on. And we ended that series by talking about stopping the drift. Because we all, we all want to stop that gap between what we believe and what we do. We can say, I believe in God. We can say, I want to give him all honor and glory and praise forever. And then we can drift 
If we take our eyes off of him for a minute, we start to drift. You remember the analogy of being in the beach and, and, and you start in line with your little camp on the beach, but you're in the water and you're just hanging out and you're just hanging out and you lose track of where your stuff was. You weren't paying attention and you look up and you're trying to find your family. It's like, Lana, you're beautiful, but you're not my family. You are, remember my sister in Christ. But it's different. We drift when we take our eyes off the prize. And so we wanted to stop the drift by being intentional about our worship, forming a spiritual growth plan, and making it our habit to keep our eyes on Christ. As it says in Revelation 4, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Halftime. How we doing? July. We kicked off Kingdom Kids. We welcomed our amazing kids in our midst. And, and as they were in our midst, we focused on the reality that kids have an active role to play in the kingdom. And that we as adults have an active role to play in bringing kids into the kingdom and raising them up as kingdom leaders. We started with Jesus' invitation to the kids. Let the kids come. Let them come. Don't hinder them from coming to me. Oh no, this is what matters. The next week, we looked at Miriam as a kingdom kid. And we talked about how there's no age limit or requirement on serving the Lord. That God blesses faith-filled courage. And that kids are not just the leaders of tomorrow. They have an active role to play in the kingdom right here, right now. Because he works through all peoples of all ages and all experiences. We looked at the unnamed slave of Naaman's wife and sought to reclaim that childlike wonder and faith. And then we talked about Samuel and how he was well-positioned to be raised into a kingdom leader. And it was a message to us adults on our role in raising kingdom kids into kingdom leaders. And then we wrapped that series up looking at the ultimate kingdom kid, Jesus. We looked at when he was in the temple, when he was just a boy, and how he had things right. He was sitting, hearing the word of the Lord, engaging with, with those that knew the word of the Lord. We want to follow his lead. Following that, the setup, the showdown, the letdown, the comeback, the life and ministry of Elijah. What we learned throughout that very dramatic journey of Elijah, we actually learned a lot about God's power, God's promises, and God's provision, and how each of us are a part of God's greater story. And then, perhaps uh, the fan favorite, and probably my favorite when we get to, the, get, get to them, and often the most challenging, are From the Hat series. From a Hat Part 2, where you all submit whatever whatever sermon topics you want, and the week prior, we pull it out of a hat, and I prepare for a week and come and give that message. And we started off with an easy one, how to separate the following of Jesus from the current political climate. Oh, man. Together, we focused on the reality that God reigns above it all. We were reminded again to, to live out of our highest allegiance, which is Christ that everything else must submit to him. All of our beliefs fall after and in line with him. And that together, 
we will seek him, not getting distracted by all these other things, but staying focused on him. Next week, Hosea 11, 1 through 11. Hosea, fascinating story with Gomer, you remember, and all that. The book reveals to us the heart of God. We were reminded again of God's covenantal promise that he'll be our God. We will be his people. He says, you'll be treasured above all else if you follow me in obedience and keep my covenant. And what did we learn? That, that God is powerfully and passionately committed to his people in spite of their unfaithfulness. And then, the next week, can a Christian lose their salvation? We wrestled with Hebrews 4, excuse me, 6, 4 through 6. A tricky passage. And what we came to find is that passage wasn't really talking about believers who have truly given their life to Christ, but something else entirely. And we rested in the assurance of our faith. It says, once you are saved, you are always saved. Nothing will ever, can ever pluck you out of God's hand. He holds you in the palm of his hand. You will never be taken from that. We can rest assured of our salvation if we have given him our lives and surrendered to him. Then we wrapped that up. It was not a light from the hat, was it? Because then we wrapped up with false teachers. What is a false teacher? How do we discern false teachers from just bad motives? And we said, all of us can interpret this wrongly, but we have to be wise, very wise, in how we handle the scriptures and how we, how we seek to contend for the truth in all things. Then October, supernatural. We had Halloween season, so we, we looked at the light side, sacraments, God's word, God's ways, and then the dark side, the enemy and demons. And what we learned was that, that neither, neither to over or underestimate our enemy, but trust and believe that God is in control, God is all-powerful, God is our victory. And then November, season of Thanksgiving, we went to the gratitude paradox. We looked at three paradoxical teachings of Jesus that, 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 that seem confusing and at odds at first until you dig deeper of the Christian life, all to better posture ourselves into living a life of gratitude and worship. So the first was the last shall be first, which taught us all about the heart of Jesus, which he tells us, Come to me, all you who are weary and lowly, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. That is the heart of Jesus. He is gentle and lowly. So we will seek to be gentle and lowly, humble, uh, as, as the last shall be first. The next week, we talked about losses gain. And in the kingdom of God, it's not about how much we have, but how much we give away. And then the next week, we wrapped it up with, is it possible to be healed but not well and to be saved but not whole? as we looked at the lepers who Jesus healed, and they all walked away except for one, only one who came back to give God his due thanks. And as you know, we just wrapped up Simple Christmas. Talked about waiting, gathering, plans, gifts, all contending to have a simple Christmas. And I don't know about you, but it was harder than most years for me to have a simple Christmas. Anyone with me on that? Until you were forced to be snowed in, and then you're like, oh man. That's a little simple, I guess. Whew! We did it! We made it! Take a breath. 
Did that help you, though, go through the year and think about some of the things here and elsewhere that you have learned about God? And not just that, but how he has been faithful and good to you this year. Because you, we now are going to collectively set our hearts and our minds on things that are above. You are the exclamation point on this message. It is how God has been at work in your lives, because I know he has been. It might be a really big thing. It might be what you would consider a small thing. But any praise to God is not small in God's eyes. So we will celebrate it. So I'd encourage you uh, to answer one or both of these. This year I praise God for, and this year God taught me. Now, if you are on the live stream, type it in the comments, and maybe we'll ask someone, someone who has their stream up to read those for us afterwards. Who wants to kick us off? This year, I thank, praise God for, or I have, or God has taught me. I think we're good. All right, we're good. Uh, I know there's even more, but thank you for sharing that. And I encourage you to let this just be the beginning of you reflecting on what you're praising God for this year. Um, in fact, there's, we're, we have some questions that we've provided you um, that you, will, you can take home with you. There's a stack of them as you leave or as you came in. Um, and they're just questions to help you ground your heart and your mind again on Christ. And so I'm going to, um, at this time, I'll invite the praise team. Come on back up. We're going to sing a couple more songs. I'm going to seal this time together, and then choir is going to, to send us off with a song that really encapsulates God's goodness. This was a song we were going to do before Christmas, but because of some sickness and stuff, we were rescheduled. But I think it's truly fitting as a way to cap off this year and begin the next. So why don't we praise God in prayer, thanking him uh, for everything we just heard, sing a couple songs, and then we'll go from there. God, we thank you so much, so much, so much for every praise that was mentioned and every praise that went unspoken, God. We just delight in how you continue to work in truly marvelous ways, that you hold this all together and, and you weave all things out to to your glory and for our good, God. You are amazing. And so we just praise your name here together again. We pray, Lord, that, that we don't keep these praises uh, uh, the, of what you've done in our lives to ourselves, but that we share them, that we share the good news, that we, we think of the very the song we're about to sing and what the shepherds did and what everyone did at that Christmas time. It was to go and tell it. Go and tell the good news because it's too good not to share. That's our hope. That's our prayer this morning, God. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.